the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Money... Investing and more. Anything you want to talk about today, we can talk about. We can talk about the markets. Oh, I keep saying I don't want to talk about it, but I keep getting pulled back into it. Trump, what happened this weekend kind of thing, right? Was there any updates that caused the markets to freak out? And the answer is not really. In fact, there was probably updates that caused the market to be a little bit positive. But we'll talk about it that. There's news about a China-U.S. position. Um, there's news about China and the U.S. position on China. Is that the right way of saying that? There's news about China. Okay, yeah. So, it's the White House administration. There's some kind of funky, and I didn't follow it all clearly, over the weekend, Friday, that said something along the lines of, we're going to block Chinese companies from listing shares in the U.S. stock exchange. It's one of those, again, different ways of fighting with a country that's not quite the trade war, but it's a level of the trade war. Uh, you know, another level of the trade war is we want our copyrights respected. We want our intellectual property honored and not just blatantly ripped off. And they probably want some of the same, too. And I'm only speaking from the American side of the media, right? Alibaba and Baidu are doing well today. Um, keep in mind when the White House sends out a tweet right now, sometimes it's cryptic and the way you want to read it is, or the way you read it is basically the way you want to see it. So the tweet that went out, the administration is not contemplating blocking Chinese companies from listing shares on U.S. stock exchanges at this time. We welcome investment in the United States. The three words that really stick out is at this time. White House Trade Advisor Pete Navarro said on CNBC this morning that the Bloomberg story on Friday that suggested the administration was looking at possibly restricting U.S. investment in Chinese companies was over 50% false. Oh, no! We're going to live with this fake news stuff forever, aren't we? Uh, fake news. Fake news. Um, China is the second part of the news today. First, China and the U.S. and in, uh, investing in the United States companies or listing their shares and getting money from our people. China is saying that September manufacturing reports were better than expected. So, I don't know. It's kind of like a Rocky Balboa thing, right? They're hanging in there. Rising up straight to the top. Took my time, took my chances, right? China's hanging in there in this fight. So they say, keep in mind, a lot of government data is incredibly easily to manipulate. Depending on where you get your samples, 
samples are altered of data. So it's all big news out there. Another Rocky Balboa, the reigning champion in pomp and circumstance when it comes to all things digital. Apple in the news today. Helping the old stock market higher. J.P. Morgan says it's a $265 stock up from 243 They think the new sales of the... Speak English, Rob. They think sales of the new iPhone are doing nicely. Um, I will say, sometimes it's like... Uh, back in the 70s, Jimmy Carter said something that was just incredibly... Did he say that out loud? He said that he had lust in his heart for Cheryl Teagues, and he was a very good Christian man and very good, you know, Bible guy. And you're like, what did he just say? And I I think basically most of American men had lust in their heart for Cheryl Teagues or, yeah, Cheryl Teagues is her name. Uh, I've got a little lust in my heart for new tech products. Like, I I shouldn't admit that out loud, but it is kind of the commercial with a dog now. Big hairy dog comes out and they put a fan on it and they, they blow his hair and they, they use an Apple phone to show you how, like, you can get these amazing different shots. There's part of me that goes, I, I need, I need, or maybe I want, I want. Uh, neither here nor there because I can't have, I can't have. So taking a look at the markets today and seeing, you know, the, the news is ultimately fairly positive. There was some negatives. Boeing came out and said, you know, uh, one of our planes, which is pretty popular, uh, we found some cracks in the wings of more than one. And that's like, um, let's hope this doesn't get out of control. Because I'm flying on Friday. And I want to get to my destination. And if I don't, I want you to knight me and honor me. I want everyone to show up at the radio station and TV station with, with like, uh, candles. So, and everyone will go like, why are there people with candles here? <laughs> why are there four people with candles? <laughs> that's my life. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. A massive 5G, a massive 5G smartphone boom is expected next year. And that's kind of a story. So winners, Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T. Then you get into the Broadcoms and the Qualcomms. Samsung's, the Huawei's. People upgrading their phones. Best Buy's. So many, 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 many good plays in the next year. Verizon is fresh off switching on 5G capabilities in parts of New York City. It's on track to have 5G in 30 cities by the end of 2019. And I guess as soon as we get it, I'm going to go, well, I could use that new camera and I I could use faster internet. And they're like, what do you need faster internet for? Well, I I, I just do, right? Remember last week I talked about Boston Beer being a play on White Claw? White Claw! And because they got a, a version of it called Truly. Take a look at what the stock's done last week. Was I on it or was I on it? That's all I have to say. Toot! Just tooted my own horn. Up seven more bucks today. Uh, keep in mind, sometimes stocks can move up in a good market, bad market. But since we've started talking about it, it's gone from about 350 to 359. That's not bad. That's not bad. Oh, no, Rob's got vocal fry. Yeah, it's Rob with vocal fry radio. Dun, dun, dun. So big stories out there today. I won't do that, I promise. Uh, <clears throat> Bed Bath & Beyond shares up after an analyst at Wedbush. Upgraded retailer to outperform 
sees a good chance of stabilization in the company's earnings over the next two years. Again, how many dollars do you have to invest? I don't get that far, to be quite honest with you. I just can't get that far down in the, boy, I've got extra money to invest. And it's a nice company. But then I go, in retail, I'll, I'll find something else. AB InBev, probably the most confusing name of an alcohol company on the planet. But AB stands for the Anheuser-Busch. InBev was another company they all merged together. The beer giant's Asia unit rose as it started getting listed overseas. They're focused on growth. Growth is what we set out to do. Asia, of course, is the largest beer market in the world. Elsewhere, Semper Energy agreed to sell its assets in Peru for $3.5 billion to China. Sales expected to close in the first quarter of 2020. Blackstone, they're a private equity giant. They announced its real estate partner's nine affiliate will acquire Colony Industrial from Colony Capital for $5.9 billion. Not a lot of great stories out there today. You get my drift. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. There's a lot of good downloadables now at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. This is the song that I got the idea to name my dog after. It's Alt-J. And uh, Alt-J is kind of a band that I like for about a month, and then I don't like them for two months, and I come back to them. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. But my dog's name is secretly encrypted in the lyrics of Alt-J. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Um... I want to talk airlines, but I want the longer segment to talk about airlines and talk about the history of airlines, talk about investing in airlines, talk about oil, talk about like Saudi Arabia, what we saw this weekend. Uh, one of the things they came out and said, if someone's got to deal with Iran soon, otherwise oil can go, well, it can go much higher, they said. That's kind of a scary thing, right? Um, IPO has been crushed this year, and ultimately that's good news for stocks because it kind of shows that we're looking around our shoulders and going, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, you're telling me that this company that's a middleman in real estate, basically a lease from big buildings, and they sublease it to small businesses, is somehow a remarkable new way of making bread? It's not. Peloton had a very average debut. Uh, Uber is looking like it may never become profitable. Lyft is living in the shadow of Uber. And those three companies, Uber, Lyft, and Peloton, tells me that there's something good happening, all things considered. As far as, you know, let's look around and slow down and let's not be drunk monkeys and buy anything that we can buy. Um, Smile Direct, disaster. Lyft, Uber, Slack, Peloton, all negative. Then you get into some of the positives, and that's where we go, ooh, I want to buy an IPO. Rob, what's the next good IPO coming out? Names like Pinterest, Grocery Outlet, CrowdStrike Holdings, Zoom Video, Beyond Meat. Had amazing years coming off their IPO. 
If you bought the day of the IPO, you're a very happy person. But if you bought the day Peloton, Slack, Uber, Lyft, Smile Direct IPO, you're a very sad person. For some reason, when I think sadness and depression, I think of Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. He was just so sad. He made me so sad when he would show up. So the fact that companies like WeWork tried to go public and pulled its IPO in face of intense criticism, I think that's good. It means we're not drunk. It means we're stopping and looking around and saying this is not appropriate behavior to go out and buy a stock and think that it could go higher just because it's an IPO. Remember in the movie, uh, Bruce Willis, Die Hard, probably my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Uh, it, it, one of the last scenes of the movie, Hans Gruber's like they, the, the terrorists need like a miracle to like save the day so they can get away unscathed. Right. And uh, Hans Gruber goes, I give you the FBI. So anyway, um, IPOs, it's ugh. not all of them should be winners. Right. So don't get caught up in that word like Smile Direct Club. Ticker symbol SDC. Sells orthodontic devices over the web. The Warby Parker of braces. Company went public. I've got a friend who did this, and it was a disaster. So he gets the Smile Direct. I'm not going to say Smile Direct. I have a friend who got the whitening, not the whitening, but the teeth straightening trays. Did the whole process for a long period of time. Ultimately went to see his dentist, and his dentist like, this is all messed up. What, what did you do your teeth? So that's my opinion on like not getting real orth, orth, ortho, orthopedic, orthodontic, duh, duh, <laughs> braces. I'm having, I'm having a day. Uh, Ari Emanuel, the guy who a lot of people think was the agent that was used in the TV show on HBO, um, Ari, uh, he had an, it's called an Endeavor Group. An Endeavor Group uh, yanked its planned IPO just after reducing the expected price for the deal. Endeavor is a complicated entertainment company that includes a large talent agency, film and TV production, Miss Universe, and half the UFC, the leading mixed martial arts circuit. Endeavor's growing nicely, but it's also losing money and it's heavily leveraged. So an IPO is probably a, a good thing to put off and say, well, let's wait till it grows up. But then we see the spectacularly well-performing Beyond Meat, which remains by far the best uh, IPO that I can think of probably since the late 90s. Um, well, like Google's and Yahoo's, like, yeah, they, they, those were fun IPO days. Um, six straight year, about 40% of all deal volume consists of biotech companies and biotech companies. One of the reasons I don't talk about biotech companies, um, is it's easy to fall in love with fake meat, but biotech companies are typically, there's some that make tools for diagnosis. There's some that make tools, but the ones that are trying to come up with a cure for cancer, or the cure for hair loss or the cure for erectile dysfunction. I don't know which one's better than the next. And until they get to stage two testing, it's really, really difficult to know if they're onto something. Unless you can eyeball a scientist and go, yeah, that guy's got a good brain. I bet he's onto something. And most people can't. Pinterest, social media business, is overshadowed by 
Facebook and Twitter, but it's up 44% since April. A lot of people think they will be eventually acquired. So there's some companies that are, how shall we say, unicorns, companies that are worth a billion, two, three, four, five, ten billion, that'll never make money. And the way for the owners to get their ticket punched is by selling it to the public. They've already sold parts of it to private equity. And now they're trying to sell it to the public. And that's the whole thing on the IPO. And it's just not my thing. What's y'all thing? Um, Spotify technology, iHeartMedia, and Slack technologies drew outsized attention with direct listing. Um, but Slack's fallen 40% from that first trade. So a lot of times these uh, companies are going to Wall Street and saying, you know, we want to do things a little bit different. And it doesn't necessarily work out. Bill Gurley is a longtime partner at venture firm uh, Benchmark Capital. And he's a, f- a pretty big fan of uh, direct listings. So, a uh, lot going on in technology IPOs. I try to stay away until an IPO is one year old. That's my thing, if you know what I'm saying. 800 516 to get your calls on the air. Markets are higher. Sort of digesting and looking at world events. Um, Bernie Sanders is a plan now aimed at high-paid CEOs. The rich and and high-paid CEOs are mm, targets right now. But Trump's impeachment may take away from big tech getting scrutinized for the short term. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I asked on Thursday or Friday last week if anyone had any idea or any desire or want for me to do a weekend show without news in it, just investment themes. Um... Things not just to invest in, but like the Roth 401k mega backdoor. Uh, more on insurance, more on uh, ways to save versus the stories per se. And get into like sectors every week. And there's you know, 10, 15 sectors that have good stories tied to them. And I asked the listeners, you, if y'all wanted me to do that. <laughs> How much feedback? One. Well, that's good to know. So, like I said, that's good to know. Airline stocks. Let's take a look at the content here and decide if this is something that we want to think about or not. When I first got into the industry, I started studying. I started studying sectors voraciously. I could outread anyone on the planet was always my thought. When I played soccer, I was good because I would out-practice you, and I would study, 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 study. When I got into college, I knew that I wasn't going to be the smartest English major. I knew that I was going to be the hardest working. When I got into critical research, I knew I wasn't going to be the all-time best critical researcher. I just knew that I can try it in different ways until I failed, right? So one of the first sectors that I ever looked at was airlines. And one of the very first stories you ever hear is TWA and Warren Buffett and it being one of the biggest mistakes he ever made. 
And then you could get like into Trump Airlines. Trump had an airline that failed and went bankrupt. TWA ultimately goes bankrupt. And there's a lot of problems with airlines. There's obviously the bankruptcies kind of give you a little bit of like, woe is me. There was a big travel company in Europe that had to shut down, basically stranding 12,000 plus people just earlier this year. History weighs heavily on the way you think as an investor. So bankruptcy, shutting down business, oil price shocks. Do you remember a few years back when oil went from $40 a barrel too low and it goes to 30 and it's like way too low, but the airlines did well. And then it goes from like 30 to 150 and it's like, ah, wait, stop the clock. The airline industry has gone through tremendous change the last 10 years. It's just like the choo-choo train. Uh, industry was poorly run in the 60s and 70s. And in the 80s, they really turned around their business, making most of the train companies pretty profitable. So we're not going to talk autos, but a little planes and trains this segment, right? So airlines have another problem. Not only are they susceptible to oil price shocks, but bankruptcies and labor. Did you remember in 2019 hearing the story about a mechanic who probably was sabotaging a plane? And you're like, holy mother of Odin. Um, so labor strife is always an issue, whether it's the waitresses in the sky, <laughs> stewardess. Kidding, 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 kidding. Send the hashtag MeToo movement, not to me. Um, but the, the mechanics and the pilots, they always sometimes have to circle around and say, you know, you're not paying us for our downtime. And yet we have, we're stuck in a city that we don't want to be in. There's issues, right? Um, sometimes they start and grow too fast. Capacity growth, you know, high on the reasons that airlines fail. Wasn't that long ago that Warren Buffett said the best way to become a millionaire was to start a billionaire and buy an airline. <laughs> I love it. How do you become a millionaire, Mr. Buffet? Well, you start as a billionaire and then you buy an airline because you're going to lose billions. Smart money, it seems, is void airlines for most of us. And to this day, I, I still, every now and then I look at like a Southwest or a JetBlue and I go, JetBlue could be acquired. And I look at a Southwest and go, people love this thing. So let's take a look further at the airlines. The four largest carriers, including the regional affiliates of them, have about 80% of the domestic market. So it's still competitive, even though it looks like there's just four players. Economic theory suggests having a handful of companies control most of the market leads to better profits. So I can tell you anytime I get on the plane, it always feels like, oh, I wish I could have got a lower price. That's another thing about airlines, right? The guy next to you could literally be paying 50% less and it drives people crazy. So we scrounge for prices. We scrounge for pricing information. Oil prices you don't much matter anymore. They used to matter a lot. So energy prices are certainly important, but it used to be we feared a spike. Four major airlines have spent roughly $140 billion on jet fuel over the last five years. That's about 20% of their sales. Everyone pays roughly the same amount for fuel now. So as long as prices are stable, airfares adjust. And no airline has a competitive advantage or disadvantage. There was a point in time where Southwest was really, really damn good at hedging fuel. 
They knew when it was too high and they knew when it was too low. They loaded up on the lows and they sold off of the highs. When oil prices went from $20 a barrel to $150 a barrel, the rapid rise was problematic. Higher ticket prices hurt demand, but a bigger deal was the differences in fuel hedging policies amongst the airlines. So hedging super important. It was. So it had a hefty benefit when done correctly. And when oil moves around, it's super important. But oil's been pretty stable now for a while. There was a problem with too many seats. Capacity. Don't you love getting on a plane and saying, oh, it's only about half full or two-thirds full? You're like, sweet. I'll have place for my overhead. Uh, Sweet. What's my tattoo say? Dude, what's my tattoo say? Sweet. So it's always a good feeling when you get on a plane and there's plenty of like seats, except for when there's like too few and it's like a third full. You're like, oh, I don't like this. Oh, I don't like this at all. It's kind of funny the way that works, right? Uh, low fare carriers such as JetBlue are growing more slowly after pushing the market at the turn of the century. So when capacity grows too fast, profit margins start to fall. But we're not seeing a lot of airlines come on and saying, oh, we've got, you know, 500 new seats going to Hawaii this month. And then, you know, companies like Southwest and companies like Alaska Air and Hawaiian Air who service Hawaii say, well, that's 500 more. So they have to cut prices to stay competitive. But since the end of the financial crisis, the airline industry has lagged behind the increase in consumer spending most of the time. So when the Americans are spending, when we're happy and when we have jobs, we're like, let's go on vacation. Um, so we're not seeing too many seats come in. And we're not seeing oil being that big of a deal anymore. So the airlines have had an, an, an environment that's turbulent free, except for labor. Let's talk labor now. Labor equals wages, labor equals benefits. They account for the four largest carriers, spend about 27% of sales on labor. Every airline's in the same boat, limiting the effect on any one carrier. Labor negotiation is almost pattern bargaining now. There won't be a labor cost advantage. So when you look at the big airlines, Delta Airlines... American Airlines, Southwest, they all now pay dividends. They used to not, but their profit margins have improved and they've paid off debt to the point that it makes sense to share some of their profits with you, the shareholder. Debt issued by Delta and Southwest is rated as investment grade. So these aren't companies that are on this, the, the borderline of going bankrupt. So what's interesting is if you take a look at a car company like a GM, I did get cars into the planes, trains, and automobile segment. Their valuations, like you can get GM for four to five times earnings, and it's paying three and a half percent of a dividend. There's almost no growth there, right? They're just in business to make cars at basically not a lot of profit. But when you look at the airlines... You see that they're, they're cheap, but they're not as cheap as automobiles. 
So we kind of expect some sort of profitability. That's better than autos, but less than S&P 500, because the value that you get for buying an airline, the valuation that you're paying, is about half what the overall S&P 500 is. So the airline industry is trading for about eight times estimated earnings. So that's a discount to the S&P 500. And I don't really see a lot of storm clouds on the horizon. Um, Warren Buffett, who once said he would never buy an airline again because of TWA and it going bankrupt on him, he lost a lot of money. He's the guy who once said, if you want to become a millionaire, be a billionaire and buy an airline. Well, guess what? He owns big stakes in Southwest, Delta, American, and United Airlines. There's a phrase in my head. If it's good enough for Buffett, it's good enough for Black. Not quite that, but there's something along there. I own no airline stocks at this point in time except for in indexes. With that said, find me online at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. There's a lot of bluster in the news these days. It's a lot like a lot of rabble, whether it's about IPOs or China or impeachment. It could be about... Uh, the bluster of HBO losing Game of Thrones. Was the last season worth an Emmy or not? Bluster, 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 bluster. Just a lot of things blowing in the wind. And one thing that I don't want to be negative on, but I do want to talk about this. And this is the type of content I would do on a weekend show if I were to do a weekend show. Keep in mind, I probably record it on Thursday because I don't really want to work on weekends. But there's a trend right now that's a little disturbing that I want to talk about. And it's, it's not that disturbing, but it's the, the divorce issue. And few things will savage your personal finances more than a bad car, a, a bad business relationship. You could also sour your finances with good love turning bad. A lot of people make financial decisions over their lifetime. When my father died 20 plus years ago, my mother never remarried. So she basically took two, you know, two and lived as one. But sometimes you have to take two and live as two separate people, right? So a lot of people think I'm going to retire one day and then the kids go off to college. And that's the divorce rate for people over 50 began climbing in the early 90s. And it's above historical norms while the rates for other age groups has declined. It's almost as if people under 50 say we need each other. And people over 50 say, well, the kids are gone and I've always hated you. So we're going to go our own way. Kathy could write a song called You Can Go Your Own Way. Yeah. Um, About 1% of married couples over 50. About 1% of married couples over the age of 50 get divorced each year. It's called the gray divorce. And it's grim. Because... In your 20s and 30s, I mean, again, I can tell you about my, you know, my divorce. In my 30s, I married a, a beautiful woman who was a model, and she was a great cook, and she was, I, she was a lot of things that, that little boys dream of. The problem was that she wasn't really a good partner for me, and we didn't even last a year. 
So dating was fun. Marriage was kind of miserable. But there's something called a gray divorce, and that wasn't a gray divorce. That happened in my 30s. She had time to go out, wreck a couple other guys' lives. <laughs> and I had time to find, settle down and find the right person. In your 30s, you have time to rebound. In your 60s, you don't. The husband and wife have to understand your exp- their expenses together. The only way to live within your means is to understand what you're spending. Women are more disproportionately affected financially by divorce. The average woman sees her standard of living decline by 45% after a split. The average man sees his standard of living go down 21%. Are you ready for that? Or now do you want to stay together? Why do women get it, get it so bad? It's because divorce is messy. And in a lot of splits, the man takes the retirement account and the woman gets the house. The result is the man receives assets to help fund his retirement. And the woman is saddled with maintenance costs and property taxes. And again, a lot of people go, I want to keep the house that my babies grew up in. When my babies, my babies, my babies come back from college, my babies have their own kids. Yeah, people are way too sentimental on homes in divorce. Often keeping a house or any large asset that isn't giving you income is not a good idea. Women who stay home to raise children. Women who stay home to raise children also often pay a social security penalty in retirement. If you don't work enough years to qualify for benefits on their own, they receive half the social security benefits of their husband. Wow. Another big area of impact is when couples split. Many people receive employer-sponsored health care coverage through spouse's employee, and that's often lost in divorce. The number one issue that keeps people up at night in divorce financial planning is, is health insurance. It's expensive. And if you've ever been on COBRA, yeah, you can get divorced and leave the employee-sponsored insurance program for up to three years, get a federal program called COBRA. It's not cheap. I know people who've done it. So you got to find good health coverage when you're divorced now in the grays. Again, trend that's moving up. Um, for the higher end divorce, budgeting can become a nightmare. Um, how much do you budget now get split in half or not? Depending on kids and other issues. There's a lot of couples where the romance died a long time ago, but they stay together because they think they can't afford separate houses. They don't hate each other. They're just kind of roommates and have been so for such a long time. When a couple comes in to financial planning on divorce, you got to look at, you know, a lot of things. Um, You know, if the man, and I'm going to be cliche here for a second, if the man had all the income, he might also know all the expenses. So... Divorce is rising amongst people of 50 and a plus, and it's one reason that more and more people are going to be in poverty at some point in retirement, um, because people don't understand their expenses, and sometimes they rush through the divorce process, and they don't take the time. There are certified financial divorce planners, certified financial divorce planners. It is a designation. Um, I don't know. Divorce is tough. Well, I'll say that. It's tough on your, your expenses. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, just a little bow tie on the... I brought up that I was 
married and divorced in under a year. One more thing that I could you know, paint a little picture on that is at least we were smart enough to do a mediator. Um, we kind of liked each other at one point in time. We kind of hid behind that. So why get negative? Why get mean? Why get cruel? Um, and I think we did a good job by using a mediator. Total cost of the divorce was under $5,000. I have a friend who has spent well over 120000 on his divorce, making it even worse for all parties involved. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.